Welcome everyone to the Still Study Podcast here on the Still Study. I am your host. Very grateful and appreciative that you're joining me here. Jeremy Ritz, episode number 40. Here we are, March 26, 2022. Hard to believe we are almost at the end of the month. We are almost into that month of April, that sweet, sweet NFL draft month of April, where we will finally find out those players who will become new members of your Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's beautiful. Got a great show for you today. Again, want to thank you for joining me, for being a supporter of the Still Study for listening, reading, sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that support. I would love to connect with you. You can comment or connect with me. One of three ways you can comment directly on the articles. At the bottom of the page, there is a comment section. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Every Saturday, I do the Steelers Saturday mailbag on the study session in which I do just that. I get your questions, comments, feedback on the show. And it's a lot of fun because basically you drive the content for that day. So let's make that happen. And please also be reminded of the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. Our most recent episode features the Craig Wolfley, the current Steelers color analyst on the radio broadcast of the games. If you're from Pittsburgh, he's on DVE. DVE. You know what I'm talking about if you're a Western Pennsylvania person. But again, Wolf was on the show. It was so much fun to hear Wolf and Wex get after it, talk Steelers football. That is linked in the show notes. Check it out. We are recording every other week. But I would be tremendously grateful if you checked out that podcast as well. And so... My initial plan this weekend was to create my mock draft 3.0, but I'm not ready yet. I'm not there yet. And so I'm going to wait until the end of next weekend before I put together mock draft 3.0. Here's why. We still don't have any movement yet at the safety position. We still don't have any movement yet at the wide receiver position through free agency. And I feel like there needs to be some type of action taken before I can have a clearer understanding of which route they're going to go. Now, by the time you are listening to this recording, the Steelers very well may have signed a safety or signed a wide receiver, which would make 
what I'm saying right now a moot point, but I want to make sure what I am putting in front of you accurately reflects where I think they're going to go. But that's how I wanted to start today's show, and that's talking about where the current draft strategy is, what it's going to be. And I'm going to operate from the perspective that the team does make a move at both positions. It's going to happen. Here's why. You cannot go into this draft believing you're going to select a starting strong safety to pair with Minka Fitzpatrick. You're not. You're not. You can't put that much pressure on a player. And I don't know if a player out there of that caliber is available to plug in right away. And on top of that, the Steelers have other needs they need to address that are greater than safety. You can find your starter in free agency. I've said all along they would be best served to sign Terrell Edmonds. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Tyran Matthew has been... I think that's just been a hopeful wish of Steelers Nation. Now, maybe it does happen. But the Steelers will find a player. And it could be some player a la Mason Cole, somebody that is somewhat unknown, a younger guy, but somebody that they believe can come in and add value on the back end of that defense. And I do believe they will make some type of move in free agency yet at the wide receiver position. I know they've been on a youth movement with a lot of the players that they have signed, but what is needed in that wide receiver room is just the opposite. They need a veteran to come in and provide some stability and leadership. I've thrown the name of Jarvis Landry out there as potentially being that guy, maybe T.Y. Hilton. So I don't think they're looking for that younger player in for agency. They're looking for a veteran to offer some stability to the position. So I'm assuming that the Steelers make those two moves. If that happens, the Steelers are in a position to draft the best player available. And that is not to say that their roster is infallible, that it's perfect. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. But you have players at every position that you can have enough confidence in to start and perform well. And My other assumption that I'm making here is that Stefan Tuitt returns and plays and starts and is healthy. But if we're looking at need, again, let me back up. The Steelers are in a position where they can draft the best player available. So if somebody happens to fall to them at pick 20 who has otherworldly talent, And it's not necessarily a position of need unless it's a running back, unless it's a tight end, they're not going to go there or an edge, the the positions where they have studs. But if it's at other positions where they don't, they have a good player, but not a great player, they could select that, that prospect. 
However, in terms of greatest needs, if you're looking at that first round of the draft, you have to think wide receiver. They're going to need a player in the event that Deontay Johnson isn't re-signed or his contract isn't extended. In the event that Chase Claypool doesn't continue in his development, they have to replenish that wide receiver room. And it could be with a first round pick. I'm of the thinking they're gonna have to select at least two wide receivers. The Steelers have had success drafting receivers in the second round and beyond, not necessarily the first round. But they have a need, and that very well could be their target with their first draft pick. We could also still see some movement in the draft for the Steelers for an interior offensive lineman. Sure, they did sign Mason Cole. He provides versatility and an option at the center and guard positions. But is he a dominant player? No. So they still could stand to improve on the interior of the offensive line. So quite possibly, they could draft a guard. That is an option. I don't believe that they would go tackle first round. They just re-sign a core four. They have Dan Moore. They're going to allow him to develop. So, so far on the offensive side of the football, if we're going need, wide receiver first. And if you really want to bolster that O-line, you grab another guard. Remember, James Daniels has experience playing center. The only thing with that guard selection or that interior offensive line selection there is you have a lot of players on your roster already who potentially could be quality players on the O-line. Maybe they did sign Cole to be a starter. We know James Daniels is going to be a stud. Kevin Dotson could come into his own this year. Kendrick Green with another year under his belt may develop. Maybe he'll get a shot at guard. So the free agency signings don't make that position as much of a need. Defensive line is another need. Just because of the sheer fact that this group is aging, so the team could target a defensive lineman, even if Tuit is back and healthy. But here's the issue with a defensive lineman. They're going to take time to develop and to be able to play, especially if you're taking a defensive end. If you're drafting a guy like Jordan Davis who plays on the nose, it's not going to take as much development. He could play right away. But as I said on an earlier session this week, the nose isn't on the field that much because the base defense is played just a small percentage of snaps. So we got wide receiver, we've got interior offensive line, we've got defensive line. Inside backer, you're riding with what you have right now. Miles Jack is a solid signing. They're gonna give Devin Bush another year to see what he has. They've got Buddy Johnson that they're gonna allow to grow and develop. I could see maybe going after some depth at the inside backer position. Outside backer, 
We still haven't seen the team re-sign Taco Charlton. So they could look at depth there in the later rounds. Corner, they just signed Levi Wallace. They re-signed Akello Witherspoon. If they're drafting a corner, it's for depth. And for safety, again, they are going to sign someone as their starter at safety. Don't forget about Trey Norwood. If they draft someone, it's going to be for depth. It comes down to three positions I named here in the first round. Wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line. And I'm sure you're asking yourself, Jeremy, there's one position that you didn't name. And that's correct. And that's because I'm going to sound like a broken record. The position this Pittsburgh Steelers team is going to draft either at pick 20 or by trading up will be for one of the top five quarterbacks in this year's draft. That will be their first round pick. And this week with the quarterbacks pro days said everything you need to know about the Steelers mindset and the 2022 NFL draft. The next thing I want to do here on the show is talk about, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I've spent a lot of time in film study, but I'm going to share with you from my perspective, from my evaluation, who the top three quarterbacks are in this draft. And those three names that I believe are on the Steelers' radar. And it will be one of these three players. And I have in mind the player I believe they are going to draft at the quarterback position. I'll share that with you today. But I'm also going to share with you the prospect that I feel is going to have the best NFL career at quarterback. So as I've watched the film, three terms have come to mind for me and how I look at these players. And here they are. The technician, the magician, and the intuition. These are my top three players. And I'm going to give you a moment. Think for a minute. Can you match the quarterback draft prospect with those titles. So let me say it again. The technician, the magician, the intuition. All right, so you probably have a player in mind who I'm talking about here, but I'm going to start with the intuition. These are my top three, and this is in no specific order. I'll give you the order here in a moment. The intuition. This is Kenny Pickett. What makes Kenny Pickett's game stand out is his natural feel for the game. When you watch him play, he can sense pressure and move ever so slightly in the pocket to buy a little bit of time to make a throw down the field. His throws are accurate and Intuitively, he has a feel for how much velocity, how much touch, what angle the ball needs to be thrown at. And again, it's not something that's a computation or that takes 
a lot of analytical processing, it's natural for him. He's able to make a natural throw. Kenny Pickett is the intuition. And I believe he will have a solid NFL career. The magician. You know who the magician is. It's Malik Willis. Malik Willis has the potential, the capability, the ability to create. He has the speed, the shiftiness to buy time in the pocket, to elude defenders, and to throw an absolute laser from any body position off of his back foot across his body he has a legit bazooka for an arm that's no overestimation of what he is equipped with he can create he can create out of nothing and let me hammer on this note a little bit if you have watched any game film of Malik Willis from the 2021 season, specifically the game against Ole Miss. He played behind what may have been the worst offensive line in college football. That's no exaggeration. You thought Roethlisberger was playing behind a bad offensive line last year in Pittsburgh. You thought that Pittsburgh offensive line was bad. Go check out the Ole Miss game. Liberty versus Ole Miss, Kenny Pickett, excuse me, Malik Willis had zero time. He was taking the snap and getting smashed. But he still found found a way to make that game competitive. Willis is going to need time to develop, though, because what I see from him, there are concerns, at least for me, about how he does feel that pressure. Again, he was under so much of it. It's really hard to get an accurate read on how well he handles it. But I'd like to see some growth there. But again, his ability to create that arm with time, he has, and you've heard this before, I'm not saying anything earth-shadowing here, he has the highest upside of any of these quarterbacks. If he could be developed in the appropriate way. All right, so we have the intuition, Kenny Pickett. We have the magician, Malik Willis. And now you have the technician. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to make a bold statement here. To me, it's the technician who's going to have the best NFL career. I've watched enough game film on these quarterbacks And I know some people are going to blast me for this and say that this is an unrealistic perspective of this player. But the technician, Desmond Ritter, will be the best quarterback from this draft class. When you watch Ritter play, 
everything is smooth. Everything is purposeful. Everything flows. His drops are textbook. His rollouts are textbook. His play action is textbook. And not textbook in the fashion to where it's clunky, mechanical, awkward, and too much by the book. It's just... It's, he's like the proto, it's a prototypical quarterback movement. And there's a lot of criticism he has received in terms of his accuracy. But his accuracy, to me, isn't that much of a concern as it is others. And lest I remind you, Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming... His completion percentage was horrific. Ritter's is way better. With NFL coaching, he's going to be just fine. But the other component of Ritter that does not get a lot of attention is his athleticism. He he will law you to sleep. He doesn't look like a guy who can take off for 80, 90-yard score He can. Do you remember that game last year against the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, all those times that he took off and ran down the field? Go watch Ritter's game film. He has a knack for knowing when there's nothing there in the passing game or when he identifies a lane to pick up yardage and he goes. And A lot of the times you're not going to catch him. To me, Ritter is going to be the best NFL prospect. So how would I rank these guys? How do I classify these guys? If I'm looking at this from an NFL GM perspective, Malik Willis is going to be the first quarterback off the board because of what he can offer you in terms of potential. That's that's just the way it is. If you get everything out of Malik Willis, you have yourself a gem. He's going to be one. To me, I'm putting Desmond Ritter two. And ultimately, if I'm the GM, Desmond Ritter is going to be my number one. But I'm trying to look at this from a GM perspective. I think Ritter's a bit more of the safe bet than Willis, and I think he can contribute earlier than Willis can. Ritter's my number two. Pickett's my number three. I think all three of these guys are going to have great NFL careers in the appropriate setting, with the appropriate coaching. And I think that this quarterback class has gotten beat up a ton unnecessarily. And remember, the most difficult position to evaluate in the NFL is quarterback. So all these people out there saying, oh, this is a terrible quarter. The proof will be in the pudding three or four years from now. These are three legit players. 
All three would look great in a Steelers uniform. All three, if given the opportunity to develop, I believe will be outstanding. And I believe Tomlin and the coaching staff, Kevin Colbert, the entire organization believes that they have the ability as an organization to bring a player in, even if it's Matt Corral or Sam Howell, they believe they can groom a player, develop a player to step in and be a franchise quarterback. Because here's the other part. It's not just about drafting a guy who has a ton of talent. He's going to come in and set the world on fire. It's much more than that. It's about the support and development offered to the player from the coaching staff. So there you go. Those are the top three. It's going to be one of those three guys. It's not going to be how it's not going to be Corral. If I were the Steelers, I'm taking Desmond Ritter. And I can't wait to see a couple years from now if I was on with this projection. But I see first-class talent there. and I just see his game translating to the NFL and he, him being a force. But who do I think the Steelers are going to go after? They're going to give up their 20th pick, probably their third rounder and a first rounder next year. They're going to move up maybe to number five, and it's going to be Malik Willis. That's how things are trending. But if it's me, if I'm Kevin Colbert, give me Desmond Ritter all day long. All right, studyings and... Wrapping up this podcast episode number 40. Again, I've mentioned it on earlier shows. We are coming up on the one-year anniversary of the Still Study. Crazy. Hard to believe that it's going to be a year. Back when we kicked off, if you've been with us from the start, Andrew the Mule Malkasian was here, was my partner in crime, and then he stepped away, and it's just been me from that point on. But it has been a lot of fun on this journey. Looking forward to hitting that one-year milestone. We're also coming up on the 300th episode of the study session. So just an opportunity for me to take a moment to, again, just say thank you. And a lot of things to celebrate here in these next couple of weeks. And to close out the show today, the my final thought is just on how different this team is going to look, feel, be in 2022. I don't know if we fully understand how big of a difference it's going to be not having Ben Roethlisberger out there as the starting quarterback. He did it for 18 years. For 18 years, one player, and I know he missed games. He had the year with the elbow injury. But one player took the overwhelming majority of the snaps at the quarterback position 
he was introduced every game as the starting quarterback. He was the guy. It's going to be a bit surreal that first time in September when this Steelers team lines up for its first regular season game and the starting corner quarterback for the season is not named Ben Roethlisberger. It's just going to make this a different team. And you have to wonder... Are there going to be any type of unintended consequences out of that? Will there be a loss of leadership on the offensive side of the football? Or just even for the entire team, knowing how much respect Roethlisberger had in that locker room? How much of a lack of confidence is there in the offense now, knowing that it's not a proven two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback? Or is it the opposite effect? Is it that we find that a younger player in there with more athleticism, more spring in his legs brings juice to the offense It reinvigorates the team and it's something new that gets the fans excited. A rebirth, if you will, of Steelers football, a new era of Steelers football. We don't know which way it's going to go, but most certainly it is going to be very, very different. What we've witnessed the last couple of years and what we're really going to see this year is this transformation of the identity of this Pittsburgh Steelers team because for the longest time, it was Ben Roethlisberger was the identity. You were always in every game with Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback. That is now gone. And I think what we're going to find, and it's noticeable in all these free agency signings, is that this is going to be a defensive oriented team that focuses its offensive attack on the running game. Look at the addition of the offensive lineman that they brought in. A running back drafted in the first round last year. A productive running back at that who should be primed for a big season. The personality of this team more than likely will harken back to old school Steelers football. Pounding the run, playing good defense. I think that's what's in store and what we can't expect. But we got a long ways to go until we get there. And first things first, We got to wrap up these pro days. Sam Howell on Monday. Get into April. Then we'll be counting down the days to the NFL draft. It's getting super close. 
we get to learn who these new Steelers are. Then there's the signing of the undrafted rookie free agents, which is always a lot of fun. And then the mini camps, rookie mini camps, OTAs. And before you know it, training camp. That first preseason game, the excitement of that first preseason game. Ah, oh, that's a beautiful thing. And then that agony following that final preseason game as you wait and wait and wait for that regular season kickoff. Man, Steelers football is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you know what I'm talking about. You're listening. You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, thank you so much for joining me here today. Appreciate it. Episode number 40 of the Still Study Podcast. My gratitude and appreciation to you for being a supporter of the Still Study. Thank you for listening, reading, and sharing with your family and friends. Truly does mean the world. Let's connect, comment on the articles, drop me a line via email, thestillstudy at gmail.com. Hit me up via Twitter at Still Study. I would love to connect with you. Let's get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Get on the bag. And if you haven't checked out the Steeler Saturday mailbag today, make sure you do so. New one is up. And then also check out that cast with Wex over on his site. It's linked in the show notes, the Steel City Insider Podcast, episode number 25 with Craig Wolfley. It's good stuff, if I may say so. Not because of me, but because of the OGs and Wexel and Wolfley. And don't forget, we'll be back for seven days straight. There will be another study session on Sunday. No sleep, man. That's going to become the new tagline of the Still Study. Seven days a week, 365, no sleep, Steelers football. And I hope you have a wonderful Saturday. Enjoy your family and friends. Make sure you take some time to rest and relax. Pause, reflect on all the great things in your life. Have gratitude and appreciation. And check in next weekend on Saturday for another episode. Episode 41 of the Still Study Podcast. Make it a great day, everyone. Take care.